Welcome to the Grey Eye and Disability Arts online podcast, Disability And. Bringing together thoughtful discussion and debate. This month, David Parker chats with Matthew Hellett, Matthew Kennedy and Hugo Carlson about the Oscar Bright Film Festival for people with learning difficulties, Asperger's and autism. This podcast contains some strong language. My name is Matthew Hellett. I'm a filmmaker and I'm the lead programmer for Oscar Bright Film Festival. And my name's David Parker. I work for Carousel, which is a learning disability-led arts organisation. I work as the film and digital senior producer. And one of the big Carousel projects is the Oscar Bright Film Festival. So, Matthew, tell us more about Oscar Bright Film Festival. Well, we are simply the best. We are Oscar Bright, we're the world's leading international film festival. We're based in the UK, um, made for and for people with learning disabilities, autism, and it's a creative platform to... Who else works on the film festival? Well, we have about seven other committee members, apart from myself. How do you work together as a team? Well, we work creatively, like when we have a festival... We split into genres about people's strong points and and then we discuss things creatively and then yeah, it it depends what we have coming in creatively as a as a when we have a film festival coming up, it depends at the start of spring and we split into small groups to discuss it. And when we don't have a film festival we we go on tour or and then or we discuss other creative ideas. How often does the festival happen? Oh, our festival is every two years. So the year in between, we go on tour with, yeah, with funding from BFI. And, and you said you're the lead programmer. Yeah. What, what are your, how are your responsibilities different from the other members of the team? I've been doing this for two festivals now. So I know what I'm talking about and I have the knowledge and the understanding and the creative process. And I write a lot of notes as well. So I've got to understand about what I'm talking about as well. It, it, it means I have to make some hard decisions and, and it's not always easy making those hard decisions. What sort of things do you find difficult? Well, saying no to people. But then on the optimistic side, people can enter their film into a different film festival or or look at it again and and try and improve their work and enter it into our next festival so you haven't always been the lead programmer for oscar bright no no i've been on the festival committee now for about 10 years all right so cast your mind back to 10 years ago how did you get involved in the project well i made my first film back in 2004 cooking with matthew it's a bit of a comedy film. And then I was asked back in the day, would I would I like to join the film committee, Oscar Bright? But before I submitted my film, I hadn't heard of the film festival. But then it was only one day festival. Yeah, and, and then I've been on it 10 years, but 
it's only in the past two festivals that I've I program all the films. So Cooking with Matthew was your first first film that you ever made. Yeah. And have you made a few more films since then? Yeah. I made in in a total six. One for the council, one about my ultra drug act, black and white, one from fandom from Southeast Dance, and one from a um from a musical band associated with Carousel called Sabring Gator. And I was asked if I could play a small part. And I said, yes, that'd be great. So, and, and you said Cooking with Matthews, like a comedy film. Yeah, it, it, it was. And it won Best Overall Film. I forgot to mention that. That's just a small detail. Yeah, that's only a small detail. <laughs> of a, yeah. So it won Best Overall Film in uh, Oscar Bright 2007, was it? 2007, yeah. And so that was your first contact with the festival. What was it like being part of it and, and winning that award? It felt really great and and surprisingly unreal because um, like I just turned up as part of the audience and I didn't expect my film to win. And I just was there with my support worker in the audience. And it felt, it felt great to have, to felt, recognized for my creative work because it was only the first film that I made. Is it is it was it really different then the festival to what it um was yeah yeah the first one I did with Sarah the first one I did it it, it was just like a two day or like a yeah yeah two days at the old market and then but since then all these years later six or eight years later the quality um, from films, um, not just in the UK, but the quality has got better and better when people make go on to do f- great work. Why do you think the work is getting better and stronger? I think people got more time to sit creatively, either on their own or with creative support, but with owning it, with come up with ideas. But I also think that that. The, Technology has got much better. So then, after you joined Oscar Bright in two thousand and seven, you made another film. Um, um, I made the Neutral Journey, and then I made Sparkle, which was which was the black and white one, and then I made Mrs. Sparkle with funding from Selfies Dance. Tell us a little bit about Mrs. Sparkle, then. Oh, so so Mrs. Sparkle, she was a bit sassy. Even back then, so Mrs. Sparkle was sassy, but just ordinary. But I dressed up in drag because I felt that back when I was doing my Miss Sparkle film, um, I just wanted to forget about my anxiety and my worries. And this is me. Um, I, I, I want to forget my trivial anxieties. And this is who I am. And it felt great. And had you ever done anything like that before? No. So we had to make up artists and just one filmmaker. So did Mrs. Sparkle have a, a kind of a life outside of those films? Well, I only just started out back then doing a small bit of drag at the Blue Camel Club. And um, it was all a bit new, but it felt really great to... It felt really great to do something creatively different and then you had the film, the funding from Southeast Dance. 
Yeah. And how did that feel to uh, to make that film? Did you show it in other festivals or, or? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you know this, but it won an award in Canada. Picture this, and I had to travel there with uh, to travel there with someone to pick it up. Yeah, it was only my second time being back there, and then it got. It was a quite high budget film back then. Uh, and what was it like presenting that? film at another festival oh gosh yeah it felt really it felt really great i wasn't aware to about a month later that it, it it won an award so suddenly i got this invite but more than an invite because you had to go to another country which felt great and then and then and then got there and then someone says oh you have to dress up sparty matthew and so, yeah, and that's my picture taken. It won Best Overall Film in 2009. Uh, well, it's getting a little bit closer to when I joined Carousel, which was... So, yeah, uh, just before you joined Carousel, yeah. The year, the year before I joined, uh, you and Stephen and Simon and Mark were in Australia. Yeah, that's right. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Any stories to tell about that? Um, I, I dressed up in drag with another person with learned disability on the rock. Um, I got a bit drunk and then I accidentally hit Simon on the head. What were you in Australia? Oh, right, yeah. So so it came about, we were lucky to have the funding back then, um, yeah, in 2011, and we were asked to to teach or to learn our skills for people in Adelaide and Barossa and Claire, learn disabilities and the basics of film. And since we left and got back to, yeah, they set up their own film festival now. Oh, fantastic. And that, so that's um, Sit Down, Shut Up and Watch. Yeah. Sit Down, Shut Up and Watch. Yeah. And how long were you out in Australia for? Oh, gosh. Six weeks. And it felt, it felt quite surreal coming back because of, you know, all the time zones and... That's quite a long trip, isn't it? Yeah, it was quite a long trip, yeah. I got a lot out of it creatively, a lot out of it. It was it was also doing something different and challenging because I've been on a festival now for about 10 years. So it was a new challenge? Yeah, it's a, it's a new creative challenge and I got mentored from my mentor from, from the BFI. It was Emma Smart... And, and she programs all the film for BFI Flair, and she does other work. But she, she, yeah. And what was that? What was that mentoring process like for you? Yeah, it's really good. Like initially, um, we had four meetings, but I took lo- but I took loads of notes, and I had support from you. But I took loads of notes, um, because um, and then on the second one. I took even more notes because I felt a bit more prepared. So, yeah, on the train journey home, I felt a bit more prepared. So what can I, ideas, what can I say to her? Or, you know, what can I, bounce in themes, got a lot, yeah, what can I say to her and my team back in Brighton? It was the start of my becoming the lead programmer. And, and still to this day, I, I really like it a lot. I really enjoy what I do. I think without Emma... I wouldn't know how to, um, um, like, I wouldn't know how to balance 
um, um, the, the themes, um, um, I wouldn't know how to say no to, um, to filmmakers and to my team at Back in Brighton, the carousel team, and, and, also, the, and also the committee. And, also, and, and it's also about learning new things. I, I asked the committee with, yeah, with the support of my colleague, um, yeah, maybe they can split into like genres of films like sci-fi, documentary, comedy, music, dance, drama. And then I asked my mentor, can I have a, a strand, please, for queer freedom? Um, being a gay man with a learned disability, that's no, yeah. So I had the idea, but I wanted to know what she creatively thought of it. And, and like, if it would work, and she said, um, well, yeah, you own it, Matthew. You're going to be the programmer and just try and creatively make it happen. So five months down the line, it happened. So I was almost learning to delegate my work, not just to my um, committee, but to the Oscar Bright team in, in the office. That, yeah, back in Brighton, yeah. So in 2017, the Queer Freedom Strand was born. Yeah. One of the films you programmed was Versions by Matty Kennedy. Called Versions, that's it. Versions, yeah. And then Matty came down to the festival. Um, for the first time, he came down. He got the funding from Creative Scotland, yeah. And what was it like to meet him? Um... It was, it was really, it was, if, 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 it felt really creatively great. It felt great because I, I never met somebody like me that's got queer and has got learned disability. And like when we had the chat in the evening, we had so much in common and the conversation just flowed. Well, should we contact Matty and get him involved in this conversation? And then maybe you and Yeah, him? yeah. Yes, that would be fab, yeah. Okay, let's get Matty on on the call. Hi, I'm Matty Kennedy. I'm a filmmaker, writer, kind of all-around artist. I'm from Glasgow, Scotland. I've been working with Oscar Bright since 2015. It's kind of because of them that I've actually kind of been introduced to like the learning and disability art scene, particularly down in Brighton because there's such a big scene down there. Finding out about Oscar Bright was where I kind of really found out about learning disability arts. And it's kind of like, I think it's actually kind of how I kind of pronounced myself as a learning disability artist. So, um, oh yeah, and I'm also LGBTQ plus as well from that community as well. So there's a, a slight overlap. Matthew and Matty started talking about a series of in-conversation events that they'd held across the UK in 2017 and 2018. Basically, the events were events between myself and, you know, Matthew Heller. And it was basically film screenings of our films plus a selection of other films. And then we would go into discussions about what it means to be a learning disabled slash queer artist. And yeah, how filmmakers. we navigate the sort of, I suppose, the arts community in general as yeah. queer, learning, disabled filmmakers and just, you know, expressing ourselves and our identities 
through that specific medium. I was talking about the other day with Matty. We've done about four. We've done Brighton. We've done Bristol. We've done Glasgow, Matty's home city. And then we've done Canterbury. Yeah, because I think the first the first event that we did, I think it was, was yeah, almost Bright- four years ago in Brighton. <laughs> So, you know, I mean, I think that's another thing that we don't think about a lot. I think mm. with events like this and with yeah. the Matthew events, it's important to kind of archive these events. Yeah, because you don't want anything to get lost or forgotten about, especially in this um, pandemic we're in. We've got to try and work creatively to the best of our ability, which I'm mm-hmm. sure we're doing that anyway. Mm. But you're right, it's good to keep, archives of stuff i think i mean i know for me personally i've got a responsibility to keep your history and my history from yeah just keep it creatively alive Mm. just to keep Mm. it going i think yeah you're right matthew but because without the media of film Mm -hmm. um i don't know about you but without for me it was help in my second and third film to a form of like expression, a form of like who I am and what I represent. I think for me, my filmmaking journey has been quite, it's been kind of weird in some way because my first two films, they were done with no money at all. I didn't have an arts organisation in my corner. You know, I was doing it all on my own and, uh, my family were very, very supportive. And then obviously I found out about, you know, film festivals like Oscar Bright, for example, and um, another mm. festival, which I'm sure you have heard me speak about, um, the Scottish Queer International Film Festival. Yeah. They've supportive. They were, they're a queer film festival here based in uh, Glasgow. I mean, they do they do a lot of film screenings here in, in Scotland in general, but they've been... They've been really supportive, but um, actually, big shout out to um, Project Ability, who actually helped me um, make my third film. And I think, yeah. um, I think oh, what was my third film? Fart Versions, and that Versions. was kind of my, yeah, that was kind of like my breakout film because okay. I hadn't really done anything kind of like that up until then, because they were quite formative and me kind of you know breaking yeah. through. Um, yeah, like my first film, called Matthew, like I never heard of the arts organisation Carousel back in 2004. That was my first film I made, just storyboarded it with a support worker and he did all the tech stuff. But I had no previous experience of, of making a film, no expression of art or drama through school or college. Yeah, well, I'm kind of the same with you. Like, obviously, going to special needs schools, there weren't really any. No, no, there exactly. You're right. There weren't, there weren't, there weren't that facility mm. there. I definitely. It was kind of like we don't, we don't do that, or yeah. we don't have that kind of sort of thing. And I think that's that can be quite discouraging sometimes. Yeah, and all I've got made to do was do a Christmas play and dressed up like a like a like a. Blinking shepherds, right? <laughs> is this is this your best art form for the whole twelve bloody months? Mm. <laughs> anyway, Celebi, you both came to 
Oscar Bright Film Festival as as filmmakers first. Could you talk a little bit about your first experiences of connecting with the festival? Well, my first connection with the festival was back in 2015. Yeah, it was. When we were at the Dome, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I had been granted, I think I'd been granted funding from Creative Scotland. I mean, I was literally bricking it. I was just like, what if I don't get the funding? Like, I, I really want to go down here and I, I'm really determined to get the funding. But I was successful, though. We managed to book all of our travel and our accommodation. And I remember going down just feeling really, really nervous because I, I wasn't, I didn't know what to expect. Uh, I was just thinking, right, this is a, a new community that I'm coming into. I don't really know much about. I mean, to be quite frank, for a very long time, I didn't realise that there was a learning disability arts community. But it just kind of made me think, all oh, right, there's there's a community out there for people like me who who want to be artists, who want to be in the community, who want to make work. Because to be quite frank, for a very long time, I didn't realise that people with learning disabilities could even get a foot through. I just remember, yeah, like in the sort of backstage area, that it was a really magical moment. I mean, it was, it was kind of just like, all right, like there's someone here who's, like, yes, we have we have certain differences, but there's there there are there are similarities. Yeah, and yeah. I need to kind of I need to spend more time with this person because I know something great is going to happen from this friendship not just friendship but also a, this creative partnership too yeah um and yeah i remember i think i remember leaving on the first visit because I, I think it was a I think we were on a coach i think it was an 11 hour coach ride we were on and i remember just getting on the coach and i didn't want to leave i was just like i want to stay here i don't want to go back home to glasgow and i just remember like literally I, I don't know. I just got really emotional leave, like leaving the place. Cause I'm like, you know, like I, I really needed to be here. Like I really needed to know that that there was a place for me, a community of people that I could that I could just thrive with. And I think Oscar Bright really showed me that. I, I immediately felt at home. Weirdly enough, even though. You know, even though Brighton isn't my home, it's, I, I suppose I can't, I mean, I say this to my mum all the time, like, Brighton's kind of like my home away from home. It's like kind of like my second home now, really, because I've been, I've been down to Brighton so much now. I think I've lost count how many times I've been down to Brighton now, it's, you know, due to my connection with you guys, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's kind of like my second home now. What about you, Matthew? When, what's your sort of first, like your first memories of Oscar Bright? Um, just to be recognised for my first film, and that um inspired me to go on and to don't give up. Not on the first film, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for the creative work of Carousel, because I didn't have the creative networks or platforms at school or or further education. There just wasn't the opportunity. But then. So without the input and the opportunity of Carousel, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be here now to what I've achieved over the past like twelve years. 
how do you think we like hold on to like you were saying matty you know like it's important to um archive the work that you've done and the work that you've done together how do we get people to to sort of see that and recognize that more I don't know. Actually, I don't know if I've told you this, Matthew, but um, I started up a project a couple of, I think it was about two, three years ago, and it was kind of like an online project. Um, mm-hmm. and it was kind of sharing um all the material that I'd saved up from the, I think it was the two Matthew and Matthew events that we did, the mm-hmm. Brighton event and the Glasgow event. And, and basically, what I did was that I scanned. All well, I think I, I don't know if it was all the material. Don't quote me on that, but I think it was the majority of the material. I, I basically scanned it, and all the scans that I'd scanned, I'd posted up onto I think it was Tumblr. And I mean, I, I, to be quite frank, I don't know how much of an impact that's had because it's like I don't know, like. I mean, it's still up there. Like people can view, can view it. I mean, I suppose maybe I should maybe maybe I should post a link to the actual because I actually called it the Matthew and Matthew Archives Project. But um, I mean, that's one example that I can give. I mean, it's a bit of a ballsy move, but I think maybe I'd say maybe an exhibition. I've been thinking about that, like maybe an actual like a physical exhibition where all the materials are shown and people can look at it and people can judge for themselves what 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 these events kind of um represent i mean i've been thinking about it a lot as well i mean i don't know about you matthew but personally for me i would actually like to make maybe a film based on the archives but i, I don't know how i'd go about that maybe just a i mean i it's it's a weird one because like I'm like well how do you how do you make a film using archive materials? It's been a, it's been a thought in general for me like sort of making a film based around not just the Matthew and Matthew archives but just like making a film around learning disability archives in general. For me, like um, I was very influenced by um sort of queer queer sort of feminist sort of cultural archives. I was kind of thinking, well, hold up, wait a minute here. Where are the learning disability cultural archives? Yeah. There's not a lot of conversation. It kind of made me angry a little bit. It kind of made me a bit frustrated. I'm like, well, are our archives just, I mean, are they there? You know, like, are they there? And if they are there, why why are the conversations not happening? Have Have they gone quiet? Have our histories gone quiet? And if so, how can we energise that conversation? Yeah, how can we energise it and keep it going, Mm -hmm. especially in this COVID-19 pandemic that we're in? Yeah. That being said, I do do admit that archives, (laughs) it's it's a difficult one because I know archives have a bit of a, they have a bit of an academic context around them as well, which I think can be a bit... You know, because not everyone knows what archives are. No, I think that's no. also another issue: the sort of accessibility around the language around archives as well. Yeah, and I think that's maybe. I think that's maybe another reason why there hasn't been a lot of conversation around it because 
archives and history are so grounded within yeah. academia. Matthew, you were talking about maybe making a documentary about your yeah. early days. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I, I still want to. Yeah, I don't know how to go about it, but I'm, I only started putting pencil to paper about my coming out story when I was 27. It said in the book, made possible. And my mum said, I didn't know you come out in, in Malta. I said, yeah, mum. I was, <laughs> I was there for two weeks. And I told you both when I got back in the UK. So hashtag that's how it that's how it is. Um, yeah, I would like to, but I don't. I yeah, I'd like to make a documentary. I don't think I've made one um, b before, and I would like to. Yeah, it's lovely to see you both and to catch up. Yeah, this conversation was really really good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I did, yeah. Did enjoy it, yeah. We said goodbye to Matty, and then Matthew and I reflect a little bit on Oscar Bright Film Festival 2019 and what the future holds. So we we just had a festival in November last year. Yeah, we did. Yes, a, a, a very successful festival, yeah. Over four days, yeah. 99 films over seven screenings, yeah. Any highlights for you? Any, any standout moments? Opening night was just sheer, sheer, um, it went sheer great. It was just, everything just went sheer great, even though I got told to move on with the guys from um, Drag Syndrome. So Drag Syndrome had um, had, had entered their film in 19. They entered into the festival. It, it was a... Real success, and then we had the Q and A with them on the opening night. Before the opening night had to be wrapped up before day two, and I and we asked them loads of questions, and they're such lovely people. And I just wish I had the opportunity to chat to them a bit further. People haven't seen the film. It's it's a it's about a group of four people, and their um and their artistic director who's um and then and they get into get into drag as drag artists and then it follows them they're all quite strong characters and also strong personalities which we saw quite clearly from the film and and also from the q a i think they're the first in the country with a learned disability and and drag artists i got told to wrap it up and i didn't bloody well want to but i had to um, so no, that went really well. And um, when we did the meet and greet with the with the other people from the on day two, did the meet and greet with the European partners, and me and Matty and Sam from Glasgow, and yeah, that went really well. That that went really successful as well. So. We're in this situation now. We're in the middle of uh, well, we're kind of towards the end of lockdown. I I, I hope. Uh, yeah, I'm. Um, I'm hoping. I'm. I'm. I'm hoping that too now, David, because I'm getting a bit restless. I don't know about you, but <laughs> maybe by the time this goes out, things will be much more open again. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. By the time this goes out, things will be much more open. Yeah.
then we can't take the films on tour now, can we? Because of COVID-19. So instead of going on tour, which will be our tour year, so what we're doing every month or every other month, we're putting our online festival, and it's called Oscar Bites. Each month or every other month, there'll be a different screening up there. And then I've been charged about um, what it's called and what goes out there, as, as well as with creative help from my committee members as well. It's been really nice to make contact with the filmmakers again. Yes, it has, especially Hugo. Yeah. Hugo Carlson. So he won an award at the festival. Yeah, he did for his, for his animation, You and I. And I, I, I totally associate with how he feels. Sometimes we can, even in, even in this COVID-19 lockdown, we can be our own worst critic if we make a film and we think, oh, does that not look so good or I'm not too sure? So I totally get with what he was saying. Here's Hugo reflecting on his time at Oscar Bright Film Festival in 2019. It felt surreal and amazing to win the award. Uh, and I still feel very, feel very honoured by it. Um, it's been a great thing for me mentally because... Uh, during times when I feel down and have doubts about my art, uh, like it's not good enough and it's not worth the effort, then I can remind myself uh, that the good people at the uh, Oscar Bright Film Festival thought this was, my film was good enough for the award. So, yeah, that's been a pretty big thing for me. Where do you see the future of the festival then? What, what about... Oscar Bright 2021. Oh, 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 wow. Well, uh, our, our creative future. I'm hoping by next year, things would have moved on a lot on our site and that um, we, can, we can start planning our 10th birthday. 2021 will be Oscar Bright's 10th birthday. Last year, you were contacted by Sabah Salman. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, well... She wanted initially, and I agreed, write a book about what people with learned disabilities can achieve um, and their story behind it, because a lot of people don't hear it, well, particularly in the mainstream, that, that, like they don't hear about it. Um, when um, you were doing the research for that chapter... Yeah. Looking back over all of the things that you've done with, with Carousel, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah, there was there. a lot of things. Yeah, there was a lot of things. Yeah. Including um, like dance and performance on stage. Yeah, dance. And I, and I taught these students, created, um, create this like a dance project back in the day. Yeah. And so yeah. The, the book's out now and it's, it's called Made Possible. Yeah, it's called Made Possible. Yeah. So people should check that out. Available from all good bookstores. Uh, what are your ambitions now? What, creatively or personally or just bit life in general? That's a big question, David. Well, I'd like to make a new film and I've storyboarded it. I'd like to, to, my, to, to write a documentary about when I came out as gay because it was really hard being, being, being like Catholic back in the day. Um, and then 
and then creatively looking forward, I'd like to do more. Yeah, I'd like to do some theatre work in the future, but only if that's possible. All of your films have been character-based. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. They've all been character-based. And I was looking through some old photos, and, yeah, um, and I was 27 when I came out as gay in, in a Catholic country, Malta, even though now it's more accepting. But, yeah, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to write a documentary about how hard it was and, and, and my journey. What's the first thing you're going to do uh, when, when lockdown ends? Oh, what's the first thing I'm going to do? Well, I don't know. I'd like to sit into a coffee shop and have a cup of coffee. I've missed doing that. Or just have a simple lunch out. I miss doing that. And I found myself really missing the cinema the other day. Yeah, I know. Me too. Oh, God, do you feel the same way about it as well, do you? I, I, I find it really hard not to go to the cinema. Yeah, I've missed going to the cinema as well. Well, Matthew, it's been lovely chatting to you. Yes, I knew. So where can people go to watch Oscar Bites? Oscar Bright website and also check out our social media pages as well. I know this is still hard, but try and keep smiling and stay positive. That's what I'm trying to do myself. The second Oscar Bites online film festival is on Thursday the 6th of August at 7pm to be screened live on Facebook and later on oscarbright.org slash oscarbites. Presented with support from the BFI, Love Bites is a celebration of LGBTQ plus learning disability culture with three outstanding films, interviews with filmmakers and an introduction from Queer Freedom and Oscar Bright's film festival programmer Matthew Hellett. Visit greyeye.org and disabilityarts.online for details of productions, events, interviews, opinions, reviews and learning opportunities.